Uh, hey guys, it's Jack here. Just before we proceed with this episode, I just wanted to start with a little disclaimer, which is to say that basically we recorded this last Tuesday. So while I think the core points that we make throughout stand up, obviously a lot has changed on the ground in Palestine since then, and Labour Conference feels significantly less relevant than it was when we discussed it initially. However, I thought it would be best, rather than splitting it up into a Labour conference episode and a Palestine episode, because the two conversations kind of overlapped, I thought it would just be better to put them together and then people can maybe skip to 45 minutes if they just want to hear the Palestine stuff or just listen to the first 45 minutes if they want to laugh at something given this has not been a very funny couple of weeks for anyone really and god knows you know we're not the fucking victims here but you know I've been deeply deeply disturbed by what I've been seeing the last couple of weeks the round the clock completely uniform media political class consensus that effectively genocide comes under the category of self-defense under international law. Yeah, I've sustained pretty significant psychic damage from just trying to follow current events on the internet the last couple of weeks, and that's been a big factor as well as just some health issues like a three-day migraine that have prevented this episode getting edited. But um, here it is. And so yeah, I hope you enjoyed the standard anti-Starmer red meat and then some stuff that's not so funny. It feels like now there are actual important issues to speak on and the form of podcasting that we have championed of late feels somewhat inadequate, but here it is because what else are we going to do? Nothing. You know, the usual stuff. Fuck Israel, free Palestine, Starmer out. Okay. Enjoy the episode, guys. The Real Politic Podcast. The Real Politic Podcast. The Real Politic Podcast. The Real Politic Podcast. Opposing the government and opposing the conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent well, we know who the hard left are, who associate with the hard left you just said that we were all right to right wing the hard left agenda printing money nationalization without compensation that sort of hard left wing position hard the left the hard 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 left 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 Okay, so Yaya, you've been cancelled by the local uh, Jewish community in Montana. (laughs) (laughs) It was only a matter of time. (laughs) What took you so long?
right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what? What? What's the background? What? What's happening? You've been uninvited from events at the local synagogue. You told me. Uh, to be fair, I phrased that for maximum comedy. I don't know that I've actually <laughs> been banned yet, but I it, excommunicated. It, it's probably not going to go down well. Yeah. Um, just I got what? an email yesterday from the synagogue saying that they wanted to have like a little prayer group in solidarity to hold a vigil, and oh, so, yeah, like, they just left it at well. that. Okay. Sure, okay, you can mourn your dead. That's sensible enough, but. Then he, the rabbi just had this sentence about attacks by barbarians, oh, and that triggered the fuck out of me. So I just sent a reply to the email saying how it was shameful of him to try to equate our faith and ethnic identity with a illegal apartheid state, and that I think the true barbarians are the ones who level schools and engage in settler terrorism and collective Fucking punishment. Man. And I just kind of popped off on one a bit there. Like, <laughs> he, he went <laughs> in. <laughs> They're going to send out a follow-up email tomorrow that's just prayer group praying for you <laughs> <laughs> we must save the soul of this lost fellow traveler yeah somewhere in Keir Starmer's Labour Party somebody has got a scent that there's a left wing Jew out there doing something like halfway <laughs> you know all the way across the Atlantic Peter like, can we kick this guy out kick yeah, Pete, out Peter Mandelson yeah. is going to have you killed <laughs> we'll, we'll put on a beautiful tribute for you don't worry mate do you reckon he was the one who um, who got Epstein yeah gotta be not literally I think he probably hired someone to do it yeah, exactly. Well, I don't mean I you, like, really snuck into the a... prison. Oh, yeah, Peter Mandelson does cool spy shit. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just the sordid spy shit of, you know, I beat mean, this, but, I like, mean, f- You stuff. wouldn't expect it of him, so that's that's quite a qualifier in itself, isn't it? That's true. Uh, I, but... I closed my email by saying, you know, from the river to the sea, <laughs> Palestine will be free. <laughs> nice, which, which they're in the process of making a hate crime here in Britain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm they, they really are actually. Yeah, Suella Braverman wrote that memo on her plans for legislation to make it illegal to say from a river to the sea, Palestine will be free because yeah. it does not recognize the right of the state of Israel to exist. They're talking about making the Palestinian flag a hate symbol if you <laughs> wave it at a Jew. Like, they're not quite going all the way to, like, literally ban the flag just yet, but they have also updated the prevent guidelines in the last couple of days. I thought you were going to say, if you wave it as a Jew, like, so they're really focusing this on the left-wing side of the Jewish community. That doesn't make it a hate symbol by law. We'll only arrest the worst anti-Semites of all. The left-wing Jewish. (laughs) That just means you and Phillips is going to personally ring up every member of your family. (laughs) That's a bit different. But they've updated the prevent guidelines as well. So technically, if you're a teacher, prevent applies UK-wide, I think. I don't think it's just uh, England or England and Wales. Oh, wait, I don't have to refile my complaint against Rivka Brown, do I, if they've changed it up? (laughs) No, 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 well... I mean, if anything... You know, Harry Cole put out the bat signal and I responded. Yeah, Harry Cole literally calling for left-wing Jews to be referred to prevent is a new low for him, and he is scum anyway. But they've updated it, so now, like, if you are a schoolteacher, you 
basically have to it won't actually work like that in practice because most school teachers would be sound enough not to do this but it only takes a few lunatics or just idiots that don't understand why it's bad to do so if one of the kids in your class is expressing not just communist viewpoints but socialist viewpoints you have to report them anarchist as well what? Um, <laughs> and then they've also put in stuff about single issue campaigns and stuff which is clearly intended to report people who are pro just stop oil or something while 13 years old and in a fucking math class or something like that <laughs> just absolute <laughs> insanity like a mm. week ago all the press was about cancel culture and freedom of speech two days after the current horrors in palestine die down it'll be about cancel culture and freedom of speech again but no now we're just hearing all the mainstream left-wing views you should be locked up for uh should we circle back to that in, in a little <laughs> so, bit then? as you said let's start with the funny stuff. yeah because <laughs> <laughs> we got start some real funny God. stuff installed yeah. it's going to be hard not to talk about israel oh, they'll, they'll be rolling in bit. the aisles of fucking broadmoor once they've caught us all <laughs> <laughs> No, okay, yeah, fuck. So let's just talk about funny stuff first then, uh, and I'm sure present events will inevitably colour some of our conversation regardless. So, fucking, yeah, you're listening to Real Politic, me, Jack, got my man Yair here from Montana, got my man Geraint here up in... Wales. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Wales has just taken over Scotland. Uh, yeah, which, which which Scottish city is it? Just where people who want to go and murder you, like uh, my Zionist militants listening. <laughs> Uh, Nazi hunters with the Simon V. Mossad is on their way. I'm in in Glasgow. Luckily, I live on the longest street in Scotland. So if they they do (laughs) decide to try and hunt me down from that, they've still got literally thousands of houses and flats to try. Just knocking on loads of doors in Glasgow and just like (laughs) the most terrifying people answering. (laughs) Get the fuck. Not. Not doing a Scottish accent, no, I respect the Scottish more than the Welsh. I'm more scared of them. <laughs> You've just implied they're all terrifying, so that is a typical English Well, I, well fear and respect are often intimately intertwined. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes fear and intimidation is, is a kindness, really. I want to hear you one day give the Scottish people the same treatment you do the Welsh on her. I yeah. don't know. Ach, I don't know. There we go, yeah, he is going to take that mantle. He's oh, yeah. Took that bullet for the team. It's all right Sat- for you. You're, you're can't, thousand, they can't get him out there You're thousands Montana. of miles away, you're safe. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Sorry for anyone who did switch this on, was like, oh, damn, they're getting right into the real issues. And then we're like, no, no. <laughs> Fucking stupid Long time listeners should be used to the tonal fluctuations and perpetual sense of disappointment by now. <laughs> right, okay, so I'm going to do that share screen thing because, you know, there's been some uh, f- events that are funny that have happened in the last couple of days. That, Be very know, careful about what you say here. No one's been killed or whatever. Yeah, Sakir Starmer was caught on audio (laughs) caught on tape on reels of tape fucking abusing his staff much like in a similar bit 
in Chris Morris's series on the hour where Neil Kinnock in definitely real audio was verbally abusing people, which he got the Daily Mail to <laughs> agree to pay him a load of money for. However, I spoke to, uh, who did I speak to? Uh, to Mr. Starmer himself, and he told me that his verbal tirade was not in fact influenced by On The Hour and that he needs to check out more of that stuff. Anyway, yeah, actually, we can play some of those clips later. But yeah, actually, me and, uh, me and Kia had a good talk we got into some pretty intimate subject matters, some of it which, frankly, is unairable. And they say there's no hope for a peace process. All right, so let me let me roll it to you. I can turn. So yeah, I spoke to Keir Starmer. We had um we had a pint, we had several pints. And then after that, we went for a drive, and that was when we uh, had a chat. He didn't. He he wasn't very talkative during the pints. He was so intensely focused on the drinking. In fact, however, when we did eventually get talking, yeah, he did. He did uh, confide in me a couple of things. So let's uh, share this. Okay, so uh, yeah, this is what Starmer told me on the eve of Labour conference. <laughs> okay, I admit it. I fucking hate football. It bores the tits off me. But I have to keep up this fucking charade just so the rubes and morons who like that sort of shit think I'm one of them. There you go. It's what I've been saying all along. That's just like your average Arsenal fan, though. That's not surprising. <laughs> We're careful what you're saying about Jeremy Corbyn there, mate. But well, there's uh, not exception. To not all. Not all Arsenal fans. But, yeah, that's not all that he told me. I mean, we were sort of hashing out our vision. He was like, Jack, what's your vision for a post-Brexit future? And I was like, I'll tell you. And so I told, I laid down some facts on him about, you know, trade and uh, trade agreements and, like, um, borders and treaties. And he was like, that's facts, that's facts. Then he said, let me break it down to you. No, because you probably never thought about this issue in this way before. But he was like, you know that place, Northern Ireland? I was like, yeah, 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 I do. He was like, yeah, yeah, I don't really think about it much. This is sort of like I just par off MPs I don't like into the job. But he was like, well, you know that place. Like, let me sort of (laughs) lay down some economic facts on you about how, like, borders and trade works in that area. And I was like... Okay, and he he was and like, have the milk. Uh, <laughs> wait for, <laughs> and he he said the following. He's eager. That is taken, oh. and you have the milk <laughs> that is taken from cows in the south and taken from cows in the north, put together in the same mm. factory, and then it is mixed together with whiskey, and it comes out as milk. <laughs> so it's a real uh, you know as we've probably said, said before i think about the gapes pelosi summit it was a real milking of the minds we came together and yeah we put our two big brains together and we sort of yeah we hashed out the issues and it went so well that you know keir starmer as you know as people as people in liverpool for example know keir starmer is willing to talk to any media outlet any media outlet especially but not just ones owned by Rupert Murdoch. So I said, Sakir, I myself run, a, well, a thriving media outlet. We, f- we fell on some hard times, but now we're back on top. And he said, yes, yes, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I was like, what? 
he was like, you know, I'm the most dishonest cunt in the world. I find your shit really, really funny. I think you guys are great. I was like, that blows my mind. He was like, I can't say it publicly, though, because obviously, you know, I'm a massively dishonest cunt. And people say I like cool music and I like football and stuff. That's all bullshit. But I do actually find left wing podcasts really funny. Not all of them, but specifically real politic, which is good. I said, that's interesting. And he said, here, hand me that microphone and let me uh... hi it's Keir Starmer he said I will <laughs> give a little message to the people out there about the kind of hot shit that they should be listening to and this is what he well he didn't so much tell me as tell the world hi it's Keir Starmer and I just want to say that the real politic podcast is the greatest podcast in the world and if you disagree with me on that or anything else then you are anti-Semitic. <laughs> there we have it. I mean, true words. But if the next prime minister of the country says it, you know, I'm, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to hear him out. I would say it is insufficiently strong. I would say people who don't like our show support the murder of uh, children. Shows, in fact, yes, these people are uh, baby killers. <laughs> Let's listen to the original clip while we've got the shared screen up and shit. These are the clips that sparked a global controversy <laughs> global controversy the biggest global issue right now i would say entirely separate to those clips of keir starmer that i just played which were just a conversation that me and my boy had for a good laugh down the pub no sorry uh it in a car in a car speeding down. you know that scene in the french connection where they're under the train they're going in the car and the people are almost getting killed that that kind of scenario, we had a very uh, um, a mano el mano, heart to heart, man to man chat. But this is a different thing. So this is how Starmer allegedly, allegedly, because some people have cast doubt on this. We don't know who's responsible. Yes. I mean, it could be a Russian Keir Starmer impersonator. It very much could be. It, 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 hey, they've got a whole battalion of them in, in Russia. <laughs> it could be a... I mean, or even a more homegrown threat, like the master of accents, Farage's fucked face, the most versatile <laughs> actor uh, in the world. Who knows? Who knows? But it does sound a lot like Keir Starmer. So these are the clips that have like been played on like every news channel in the country while they're talking <laughs> bravely about like a threat to democracy. Let's hear them. Hi, it's Keir Starmer, oh, wait, no. and I just want to say That's that the Real Politics podcast <laughs> is the greatest playoff in the world. And if you disagree with me on that or anything <laughs> else, then you, you are, are anti-Semitic. Anti Damn right. Sorry, no, I just did want to listen to that one again. Um, so here we go. The fucking tablets. Fuck's sake! I literally told you, didn't I? Fuck's sake! <laughs> Bloody moron. Oh, I'm sick of it. No, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. <laughs> was, that, was that a gunshot there? <laughs> like, <laughs> he just murdered his errant staff, but in fucking cold well, words. It's, 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 it's 
conference, isn't there? So, you know, there's a lot of Labour bigwigs staying in close proximity. I, I hear Mandelson's down the corridor, so maybe he's just had someone killed. There we so go. Comes on faintly in the background. <laughs> it's just they're just indiscriminately mowing down pro-Palestinian protesters <laughs> outside Labour conference. <laughs> they're like, let's learn from the best. <laughs> Fucking, okay, here we go. So here he here he is. Just he's just shot somebody for not being good enough. I have to say, by the way, if indeed Keir Starmer is abusing his staffers in this audio, then critical support for Keir Starmer because if if there's one thing you know about Keir Starmer's staffers is that they are notoriously cunts <laughs> let's carry on just shut your fucking mouth fucking idiot yeah it was the same last year or not last year when was it honestly one of them was out shouting at me that I was a Tory. Why do we have to have conference here every single year? I fucking hate Liverpool. I fucking hate Liverpool. Keir Starmer. From the horse's mouth. From a fucking guy who murdered and absorbed the spirit of the fucking alpaca's mouth. So, uh, let's hear some cunt on Sky News talk. <laughs> Hang on, it's a woman. Let's retake that. <laughs> so, let's hear uh, a journalist from Sky News uh, report, <laughs> report on this grave threat to democracy. I'll just play a bit of this. What you're about to hear is not Sir Keir Starmer's voice. Bullshit. Fuck <laughs> yeah. But it does sound like him. Allegedly berating his staff. (laughs) But it does sound like him. Allegedly berating his staff. The f***ing tablet. I literally told you, didn't I? This fake AI-generated audio clip of the Labour leader was posted online right at the start of his party's conference. It's already been viewed more than a million times online. <laughs> and we don't know how many of those people believed what they were hearing, but it's led to experts to say yet again that we need to better understand and regulate AI, with one MP calling this a threat to democracy. <laughs> <That's incredible. laughs> the threats from AI. Yeah, the next bit is just some boring general There's bullshit. Six months, well, we'll use AI to do this, we'll use AI to do that, we'll use AI to run the fucking benefit system. And then one person does an obvious wind up fake Starmer bit. And like, <laughs> fucking ban it, shut it down, <laughs> call in the fucking bill. Terminator. Well, poor Starmer, he can't catch the break. He might have the unwavering, undying fucking respect of the entire British media and state apparatus, but, oh, he just can't catch a break because the fucking ordinaries, the fucking poors, the fuck... uh, People who've never made anything of themselves keep fucking making deep fakes of him or throwing glitter over him or just calling him a cunt or anything. Throwing him out of their fucking pub. That was a while ago, admittedly. But (laughs) while we're just fucking showing clips... Just do one more unrelated. I, I saved the discussion where some guy was just, it was like this former Labour advisor, Matthew, so I don't know, actually, I can't remember his name. Boring bell end. 
just going on crying about the deep fake stuff on like GB News or something or Talk TV. And it was just very funny. This guy was like sub Richard Angel. It's like fucking bald Blairite knobhead. All right, this is the clip I was looking for. I sent this to Yai last night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He linked in a tweet as well. It's just classic. Like, I was just watching... I was watching this fucking boring, like, erotic thriller on Netflix purely because Eddie Marson was in it. By the way, Eddie Marson... Eddie Marson did not... That's actually the most embarrassing explanation possible of that. I didn't even know it was an erotic thriller. I just clicked on it. I just saw Eddie Marson and was like, I'm I'm in. But um, he didn't fuck anybody yet. Your mind automatically appends the descriptor erotic thriller to everything Eddie Marson's in. (laughs) The, The Gentleman by Guy Ritchie was much more of an Eddie Marson erotic thriller because it had that bit where he fucked for pigs. <laughs> and he was a newspaper editor in that who calls people melts. In this one, he was like a CEO. And there's this, I can't remember the actress's name, but like this young, <laughs> this young woman is getting, you know, rapidly promoted in the company and her dickhead boyfriend is just like crying all the time because he thinks that she's shagging Eddie Marson, which she isn't because like, come on. <laughs> but he is like mentoring her and like taking her under his wing. They work at just like the business company doing like money. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking. So she, she does wonders why we don't do more economic and Analysis on the Real Politics podcast. Uh, I don't know, I can't speak for Yair, but I'm on about that level of analysis as well. <laughs> no, Yair, on our last episode, told us loads of economic secrets, I believe. Exactly. Certain yeah, people. Yeah, I'm very tuned in. <laughs> yeah. I've, been, I've been teaching Kanye some stuff. I mean, he's very grateful. <laughs> the new Irving Azoff over here. I understand more and more that decision to ban him from worship <laughs> <laughs> well anyway yeah so eddie marson in this motherfucker oh I mean, you're sorry Aya, do you want to speak in your defense there um no no that's good <laughs> okay yeah so and so the woman makes like a bad trade and eddie marson who's previously been kind of avuncular to her calls her into his office and he's doing this accent but it's sort of like it sounds like he's from the deep south at times and other times it sounds like he's trying to do a like brooklyn thing and at other times like, yeah at the start of this he sounds like he's fucking like slovakian or something i'll have to like play the precise clip i think what it seemed like to me when I, when I saw it yesterday is this is the reverse of when they just cast an American to be a British person on American TV. Yeah. And they sort of speak a kind of neutral posh that doesn't exist and like put Cockney in the middle of it and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it's like American TV British is its own accent. No, and Eddie Marston is the absolute master of that. Like his American accent, so like, all his like non all his British, he's just got a crazy voice, but like all his yeah. American accents are just mad they're just all, all over the place so anyway you'll hear what i mean at the start of this clip he sounds like he's just for one line doing like a comedy vampire voice like what did i tell you was <laughs> that sounded like a that again Swedish. just sounds like your bad welsh accent <laughs> hello i'm eddie marson i'm <laughs> i'm playing a welsh character this time i'm fully immersed in Welsh, we a fuck. Uh, play the clip. <laughs> I tell you. That you can handle it. Wait, let's hear it, Eddie, again now. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? It's like an Italian. Like. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, let's go. That you can handle a workload. This is one of them. I'll fix it. Don't fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just, cr- just kills me. Like, just, just, dumb fucking bitch. And he just stares at her, like, looking yeah. at her fucking face there. <laughs> okay, carry on. And she's like, <laughs> just look at her reaction. <laughs> I don't know what the tapping sound is. It's just like, I'm just like, I can't hold my phone straight in this video because I'm just laughing. I'm just giggling <laughs> at Eddie Marsden, just misogynistically abusing this woman. <laughs> Carry on. You want me to say it again? <laughs> Dumb fucking bitch. <laughs> 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 Sounds a fucking AI generated. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That is Eddie Marsden. Okay, it's he's playing a fictional character, but that is the bo- oh, a voice, one of the many voices of Eddie Marsden. It's about six of the many voices of Eddie Marsden. <laughs> what did I tell you? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. How do I unshare? Uh, oh, yeah, stop sharing. There we go. Uh, Back to porn. Yeah, yeah, I'm just watching that, just like <laughs> fucking ignoring you guys. Yeah, so you can multitask, right? I mean, <laughs> not very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's going down then? So it's labor conference, and somebody ran up and fucking threw glitter over Keir Starmer at the start of his speech. Probably the that's anti-Semitism. Oppor- it's probably the biggest missed opportunity since the pie in the face to Rupert Murdoch, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, what if it had been a brick? And then we're all there like, what if it had been a brick? (laughs) (laughs) No, I said to my mum, like, oh, they should have done it. On him again, I'll that. I liberally use beeps. Uh, my dad was like, Be careful what you say online. I was like, I didn't say it online, I said it to you. One, but I have now, yeah. <laughs> well, he had the last laugh there. So, fucking, somebody ran on stage and threw glitter at Starmer. So, entirely coincidentally, in a very, very funny bit of scheduling, the new mini series about the life of Jimmy Savage. Uh, yeah. starring Steve Coogan is airing the same week as Labour Conference. So yeah, on, twi- that, yeah, yeah. on Twitter today, you have Keir Starmer and under it with the words Savile and Glitter. Troubling <laughs> <laughs> associations. Starmer must make a statement to distance himself, I think. Fucking the, unreal, man. The public man. won't like his association with those two names. No, I don't, I don't think they do, but the media... You know, they won't comment on the glitter link. <laughs> this coincidence is just bringing... Well, they've been keeping it hush-hush oh, for so long. They did with Savile during his whole lifetime. Why stop now? So yeah, anyway, as I posted on Twitter, I'm wearing my real politic little comrade collab Mike Gapes t-shirt. <laughs> no longer on sale, uh, to my knowledge. But sort of looks like the NATO logo. Oh yeah, And of yeah, course, yeah. I am wearing this in a signal of support for peace talks with Hamas. Yes, <laughs> in tribute to Gates' uh, finest political legacy. Mm. Like Gates, the great peacemaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a man of feet, well. But, you know, you got to be wary of people like that because Bob Dylan once sang, Sometimes Satan comes as a man of peace. Weirdly, one of the verses in that song, like one of the examples he uses is like the Fuhrer, and it's like, 
No, no, he he <laughs> didn't. <laughs> he didn't profess to be a man of peace. You know, pretty much laid out his all of his views in a book beforehand. Right? <laughs> Unreal. That's actually on the same album as Neighborhood Bully, which is a oh. Bob Dylan song that's not aging well this week, in my view. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, do, yeah. Do we have any more non-Israel stuff to get out of the way? The thing with the Labour conference, particularly when it's supposedly a triumphal one, is you just see these great little. Probably seen a few less of them than I'd expect because obviously the news has been dominated by other stuff. But you see these amazing little pockets of bullshit, like there was a Lisa Nandy tweet yesterday evening, which I only saw this morning. But she says, "Since I started this job, and I presume she means." Shadow Cabinet Minister for International Development rather than being an MP. Since I started this job, I've heard one message over and over again from UNGA78, whatever that is. Didn't she start this job like last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's been there for about a month. From UNGA78 to Labour23. Yeah, sorry, I overstated our episode yeah. turnaround there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be about two months before this comes out. The one message she said over and over again, everywhere she's attended, people want to see Britain back playing its full role on the world stage as a reliable long-term partner for our friends. That's what Labour will deliver. And all the replies, all the replies apart from one transphobe doing the usual, what is a woman? All the other replies are either, oh really, everyone I speak to is more worried about paying the mortgage or the energy bills or for food, or, hang on, no, I, 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 what I say, why don't you worry about Wigan? Wigan's fucked. Like, I, I agree yeah. with Lisa Nandy. Uh, we should reach out to our friends Hamas and Hezbollah and engage them in a peaceful dialogue. I'm glad that she's come around to this realization. Well, well I, I don't know about come around. She was obviously the long-term head of Labour Friends of Palestine. Yeah, but I mean, if you were probably to list the most effective leaders of Labour Friends of Palestine... No, she was, she was very effective. She was so effective, in fact, that... I mean, uh, if the IDF are making the list or something... <laughs> so effective that many would say she enabled the attacks on Israel the other day. And I think <laughs> No, there, there, there is actually a bit more kind of like anti-Israel shit to cover because there, but non, non is <laughs> no, there, there is more anti-Israel stuff to cover. Don't There's you fucking worry about that. To no, it's actually, weird I, to be recording an episode that is perfectly legal, but by the time we've edited and released it, might not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like without us being any. If anything, probably being less problematic than usual. Yeah, so there's obviously other right-wing bullshit going on at Labour conference. I heard a fucking snippet from uh, Rachel Reeves's speech today. At first, uh, I-, I thought it was fucking Theresa May. But then I was like, okay, oh, no, 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 wait, that's Reeves. We did a whole fucking episode on her recently. And then there was this one bit where I heard her, like, the most fucking animated that I've ever heard, Rachel Dead-Eyed fucking Reeves, which was, she was talking about this, like, stupid covid corruption task force that labor's gonna do they're gonna retrieve all the fucking money that got stolen by corrupt people in like the covid grant scheme or whatever and they're gonna do that instead of taxing the rich basically so they're like look we get money from this but it's gonna come to fucking peanuts because who knows where that stolen money is fucking gone but 
Rachel Reeves is going to set up a fucking crack task force. The way that I heard her explain this, she was like, we are going to set up. And like the audience were just going wild. These fucking clapping seals in the audience at Labour Conference. I have less respect for the people lamely, the like middle of the road Labour member fucking lamely applauding all this right wing shit at conference than I fucking do for Rachel Reeves herself. But she's fucking up there and she she's just talking about like, we will appoint a crack team of super cops of <coughs> top investigators a, a, a sting squad she's <laughs> like fucking the police you could say but I've never heard her so fucking happy as when she was talking about like her team of new covid cops and how she was gonna give them all the necessary powers they're just gonna go around like doming people who donated like a hundred quid to Boris Johnson once and got <laughs> you know a beneficial <laughs> fucking covid grant as a consequence so that's for Rachel Reeves' speech, yeah, Keir Starmer also did one today, what happened, I don't know, some cunt threw glitter over him, some cunt, I say, you know, that in kind of affectionate way, I literally didn't understand what the guy was saying, he was like, the people need a something, something, did anyone see it? No, I've been deliberately avoiding this stuff, oh. from what I gather as a sort of mood of it, he saved a lot of his soft left type stuff for this speech I guess but it doesn't matter anyway that he's Whatever. not being as right wing as normal because if he's saying that I'm going to build 1.5 million houses you can't believe that's going to happen until he's built at least a million of them because yeah. his record of going back on shit is incredible exactly exactly so ultimately at this point after nearly four years of this shit yeah and also he gets up and says I'm going to do also, I don't give a fuck if this apartheid-loving fascist cunt makes the fucking trains run on time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he definitely won't do that. Fuck his if, policies. He's like, Yeah, yeah no, you're right, you're right. They're just key, s- key allies. <laughs> selling them off to the biggest cunt fucking parasitic companies in the world. Yeah, that's the other defining feature of a Labour conference before we get <laughs> waylaid on the Israel issue again. Isn't it? The, the, the corporate presence. What was it Jeremy Corbyn said today? What is it? Because he didn't bloody say he was going to condemn Hamas, did he? That's what he didn't bloody say. But what was it Jeremy Corbyn did say today about Labour conference? As the Labour leadership rolls out the red carpet for climate vandals, arms firms and private healthcare, thousands of us are organising for the bold changes country needs. That's pretty clearly a jab at some of the fucking ghouls they've got not just so much having stalls at the conference but obviously running all the fringe events and sponsoring them there was one i think funded and organized by amazon that had peter mandelson on the panel and said pain as well what was that one about again amazon are great and we all love amazon and oh yeah there you go really good to work for amazon the television show South Park is to the left of the Labour Party on the economy because they did an episode that was very, very critical of Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably on social issues as well. I think I think yeah. even on fucking climate change. <laughs> yeah, you know, because they've kind of backtracked on the man-bear pig for now. Yeah, give it some but time. if they hadn't, they'd still be to the fucking left of Starmer. Yeah, give it some time and, like, Starmer will go off on a spiel about trans people in an interview that fucking dwarfs even that appalling South Park episode on that from the couple of years ago. Was that the dolphin one? Oh no, oh, that was no, when no, they addressed it years a... ago. <laughs> yeah, there's been multiple bad ones, haven't there? I've not seen the latest one, but... 
yeah, it was it was a load of horse shit, and I generally like the show, but I just want to see some evidence of these corporate fucks at the fucking conference. So Labour conference voted to nationalise energy, apparently. Asked if Labour would abide by the results of the vote, Shadow Business Secretary Jonathan Reynolds said, No. <laughs> no, yeah, we're going to wait for it, like, uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> we all knew that was coming, didn't we? <laughs> Mike Gapes is at Labour Conference, <laughs> keynote speaker. They, How has they, he not they... got his own fucking fringe event where he'd just like come and rub his belly for good luck or something? <laughs> for the kids to come? He should have his own fucking the world transformed thing, like the world fucking you know bombed. I don't know, <laughs> the world fucking obliterated by America. No, it would just be Ilford transformed because that's all he. That's as far as horizons go. But yeah, anyway, clearly he wants to stay alive for the next season of Gapecast in uh, fifteen years. So he's uh, yeah. he's slimmed down, and now, as Farage's fuck face, speaking of Gapecast, has pointed out, his head looks fucking enormous. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's slightly weirdly proportioned now, as opposed to before when. Obviously, a mad looking person, but <laughs> consistently. So, going back to that Amazon event at Labour Conference, yeah. firstly, the GMB, who Oof. are a pretty right wing union as they go, were there handing out critical leaflets of Amazon. And Peter Mandelson apparently picked one of these leaflets. There's actually a picture that a journalist yeah, yeah, he looks took of him taking. He looks pissed. And then I think a different journalist was like, Peter Mandelson reportedly furious about these leaflets. He's apparently, he's asking, like, who wrote this? And he's yeah. <laughs> and he seems to feel extremely strongly about the issue because here's a quote from Peter Mandelson: "I would have bitten not just your right arm, but your left arm. I think the expression is generally that you you bite your own arm. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just. He's just like no, no, no. Pain is something you inflict on other people. <laughs> what level of being, being a labour attack dog are you on? I want to rip people's <laughs> arms off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Peter Mandelson is an Excel bully. <laughs> I would have bitten, he says, not just your right arm, but your left arm to to have, I guess, an Amazon development located in my constituency would have made a world of difference. Maybe if that's Am- what he was up to from the island. If Hartley pulled people's arms off. I wonder if this is a misquote, because he says if Hartlepool were fit to receive Amazon, <laughs> then other what businesses the would take them. Now, I'm wondering, even Hang Peter on, Mandelson, like, I, I, was, I wonder... I was going to say, to be fair, that Mandelson famously did not give a fuck about Hartlepool. I've been there, but... weirdly, uh, for like... Um... And you don't give a fuck about it either, it's shit. <laughs> you agree with me? <laughs> No, I, I went there for an Argyle game because it's one of the places that was actually quite easy to reach from here. Yeah. And the place was so run down. Neglected by... No, because they didn't even have an Amazon the sta- warehouse Even by the standards there. of Britain. That's because they, they they weren't fit to receive Amazon. They did Now, that quote is so flagrantly fucking sneering and elitist, even for Mandelson. I mean, for I wonder if he actually said if Hartlepool saw fit to receive like, Amazon. The thing with Mandelson is for a long time he was like the number one example people would give of a guy that Labour just found a safe seat for because they wanted to have him in the front bench and it's, well, brought him to the MP for that. Everyone so he, talks about the guacamole mushy peas thing. Yeah, 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 but that was a rare example of him being out and about in Hartlepool. Like, <laughs> he's one of those ones that did 
very little constituency work. And Chris what Leslie. Little he, what little he did would be his, Luciana his like photocopy boy. Most yeah. of the Labour right, to be fair. Yeah. But I didn't give a fuck about Harley Bull. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a cunt anyway. Uh, is there anything else from this fucking event? He probably got excited because he heard they hang monkeys out there, and he was like, "Oh, I don't have to travel to a special island to do that." <laughs> the guy tweeting out this event, the Amazon event that Mandelson is at at Labour conference hosted by Sebastian Payne. He's called Cameron Smith. And he is the head of communications for Onward at UK Onward. We develop bold and practical ideas for the next generation of centre-right thinkers and leaders. (laughs) (laughs) That's a contradiction in terms. Like, that's plainly untrue. Thank God that real Labour values have triumphed. What else is going on corruption-wise? What was the one Martin Lewis raised? It was Payday Loan Lender, wasn't it? Not Wonga, because they obviously were bust, but... Someone with their business model. This wasn't fucking right, zilch, so, was it? Was it? Was uh, this the same ones who Starmer spoke at a meeting? <laughs> <laughs> fucking right, vote so, so, Labour, uh, get zilch. The first result here is an, uh, a fucking express story. So respected journalist Christian Calgi is my source on this one. Who yeah, was literally yeah, I believe. slagging off massively on Twitter. 10 minutes Massive before time. Before started recording. Massive cunt. Yeah. Yeah. Massive anti Semite. As is anyone who doesn't like our show, as we know. <laughs> zilch, yeah. The, the, the company Zilch. Oh, they, shit, oh, this so, was oh, Zilch. So they're, they're, they're not quite the same as Wonga and people like that. They're not what like the fuck their... are you talking about? Wonga create jobs. Wonga revitalise the high street. All right, James <laughs> But no, like, so this lot are like Klarna, I think. So you pay for everything in three or four instalments. So it encourages people to buy something that costs 200 quid that they can't really afford because they only have to pay 50 quid now and in instalments and so on. They don't remind you properly of the other instalments. and they, they bring Yeah, they've got payment they, plans they, they, for they, pizzas they've got, they've now. Got some, yeah, they've got some really <laughs> shady business practices and their model it tends to be partnering with as many sites as possible. So as Yaya says, you buy a Domino's pizza and it's like, do you want to split the cost over, th- over three months? With, with, with <laughs> um, do you want to, I think in some countries you can do it for McDonald's or for like your monthly train ticket or something like that to commute to work uh, stuff that responsible lenders should not be yeah having people go into debt to pay for to get up front really but they're a growth sector and britain's so desperate for them that they will take their money and they will celebrate them as a success that's I'm good sure, i'm glad yeah. you explained that because i read the description of them on google i didn't have a fucking clue what it said <laughs> but i i did <laughs> well their own it... google's not going to say like hey we're parasites here's how we <laughs> operate here's our scam yeah you know that those <laughs> they're going to be like hey people. we're empowering people to That's a... <laughs> yeah your own ceo <laughs> your own senior management those people specifically but it was incredibly fucking funny on the eve of Labour conference, Starmer speaking at this fringe event by this company Zilch. And you've just got side by side, equally prominent. You've got Labour, their fucking gross union jack logo, and then you've got fucking Zilch. And it's just like, if we actually had a free press who weren't just like willingly suspending their sense of humour because they want to get this guy in, every fucking tabloid would have run with Vote Labour, Get Zilch the day after that. You know? I mean like that's a fucking thick that it is just like an episode of in the thick of it to quote my friend Simon Hedges you know what I mean it is literally fucking it's the I am bent episode how the fuck was more not made of that (laughs) especially because it is a story 
It is a fucking story. It is some uh, dodgy yeah. company, but they're prostrating but themselves the, before. The, the fix is in. It's the same logic that means we've all got to pretend for the last two or three years that Kia Starmer and Rachel Reeves don't have two of the silliest voices in British political history. <laughs> absurd, absurd. The British press known for absolutely crucifying politicians for silly shit like that. And then when it would be really funny for that to happen, they're like, no, this is a perfectly normal voice. Everyone speaks like this, actually. Oh, no, no, it was a barnstormer of a speech from Reeves, according to Lewis Goodall, (laughs) formerly of the BBC. That was the line. There's very much a sort of Hillary Benn effect going on, where all the journalists are like, this was an amazing speech by Rachel Reeves. But you notice that almost none of them are linking to any clips of it. They don't (laughs) actually even want anyone to watch even the highlights of it. Yeah. Well, at least yeah. they tried that with Ben. They know full well that no one watching a Rachel Reeves speech will be inspired by it. <laughs> this is so the funny. Same right? politics as Rachel Reeves, and even then, it's debatable because she is Rachel Reeves and she delivers a <laughs> speech like Rachel Reeves. Had energy, Lewis Goodall says. Hall had energy. The, the fucking energy, the electrifying energy in the hall. And then it was oh, like. it's because it's full of journalists! <laughs> rock star reception <laughs> yes, for Rachel yes, Reeves. And it's yes, like, do you know, literally, literally. Do you know literally the only politician in my fucking lifetime who has actually been treated by people like a rock star? Including, unfortunately, the life that, like, Pete Doherty leads, where he, like, wakes up and... Or at least used to a few years ago, where he'd wake up and go outside to, like, have a nice hit of crack in the sunshine and there's just, like, 20 journalists sleeping in his front garden. Like, unfortunately, yeah, this rock star politician also has to put up with that shit. I'm not saying Doherty is a blame individual by the way he's just you know a tabloid well, we darling. are saying there's questions to be asked on whether jeremy corbyn's ever pushed anyone out of a window <laughs> well you know he supports you know rape and murdering babies you know uh, don't know of the two things that was, a, that was a disgusting tweet rachel Absolutely cunliffe vile. rachel cunliffe fuck well all right seeing as we're taking on one fucking person from the uh, new statesman we've brought rachel cunliffe into this let's talk about that article because it's sort of intertwined that article by freddie what's his name new statesman freddie there's freddie. about three freddies on the new statesman and they're all awesome is dead fucking in his soul you know what i mean it's Hayward the nepo baby again there are literally about three i get people at the new statesman that all look the same i get him confused with that harry lambert cunt i think oh, yeah, he's that's fucking harry Nepo, Freddy, baby. The same, like they're all fucking yeah fuck off <laughs> people <laughs> stop calling your kids harry and fred it doesn't make them less posh so hang on i'll get this uh, i mean i haven't actually fucking read the article because it's paywall but i've got the headline up now so you get the fucking rachel cunliffe article up so we can compare and contrast so the new statesman and this is a hilariously fucking paradoxical thing to publish obviously as we will touch on in more detail probably in a minute now there is some pretty serious shit going on halfway across the world. On the other side of the Mediterranean, there is a big decades-old conflict, uh, once again seriously inflamed. And obviously, when some shit is going on in another country many, many, many miles away, 
who do you <laughs> go and hold accountable for that? Who does the press go and give, like I said, the fucking Pete Doherty treat? The Amy Winehouse treatment to pick someone who didn't really deserve it. Who do they go and Cunliffe talk to about that? Extremely, extremely rich. She doesn't have her own Wikipedia article, but her dad does, which is the most new statesman thing of all. Oh, who is her um, dad? John Cunliffe, or Sir Jonathan Cunliffe, a is... senior British civil servant, deputy governor uh... of the Bank of England. The fucking blob. Boris fucking warned us, mate. But, like, is she related to that cunt Philip Cunliffe? Of a Cunliffe's another dynasty who's, who's fucking Philip running... Who's Philip Cunliffe? I don't... He's uh, not mentioned in... He's a right cunt. That like, uh, oh, unheard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a major villain. I think, like, sure. Tom Gann hates him and that. Like, I, I've seen other I people tweet about him. I can't see any indication that they're linked... Other than that Philip has also written for the New Statesman, but I don't think yeah. they're related. I don't um, care, you know, open and shut, Nepo baby, like, end of story, fuck off. I don't know about Freddy, but Freddy Hayward wrote this article, so the press are, like, chasing Jeremy Corbyn down the street at the moment, demanding that he condemn Hamas. Big packs of them. Big fucking, like, it was like 20 journalists in the clip I saw. They were all following him, all shouting, and it was this cunt from ITV who had actually cornered him and was not listening to his considered responses to his poorly considered questions. So, very much in many parts of the British media, the story surrounding Labour conference has been Jeremy Corbyn because they have actively made it so. The New Statesman then ran this article, an article with a big picture of Jeremy Corbyn, nice close-up shot. Ken Loach has always said, you know, he thinks close-ups are an innately right-wing facet of filmmaking. They objectify people, so there you go, New Statesman objectifying Jeremy Corbyn, just more evidence of their right-wing politics. But <laughs> this article, it says, there was a risk that Jeremy Corbyn, who refused to condemn Hamas's attack on Israel, would become the story. But the former party leader is not a feature of this year's Labour Party conference, writes Freddie J.H.A. In a story about Jeremy Corbyn, with a big picture of Jeremy Corbyn, while ITV's news department fucking chase Corbyn down the street. It's obscene, and it's just really harassing behaviour at this point. You know, you've got journalists basically calling him a baby killer today, or someone that celebrates that action. No, you're right, you're right. Well, yeah, read the, the Rachel Cunliffe tweet so we can, yeah, like I say, put the two side by side. Yeah, yeah, hang on. Like... Well, most of the articles faded out, but I'll just give you a little snippet of Freddy. Corbyn does not even have a pass to the secure zone. Ah, Freddy. But... As Paul Mason pointed out on, like, Times Radio or something today, Jeremy Corbyn is a member of, and I quote, His Majesty the Queen's Royal Privy Council. <laughs> so, fuck you, Freddy. How's that for a secure zone? <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Not to be confused with the council privy, which is what Paul Mason calls a fountain. <laughs> yeah, so the Rachel Cunliffe tweet posted earlier today. The last few days have been hard, and I'm not sure I have the words for this. So this was in reaction, this was quote tweet in reporting of Starmer's quote, where he's utterly condemning Hamas's actions. Israel must always have the right to defend her people. Yeah, uh, fuck So she's quote tweeted that. The last few days have been hard, and I'm not sure I have the words for this. 
The real Stalin. victim of the Israeli Palestinian conflict is Rachel Cunliffe, yeah. yeah. But watching Starmer say this and seeing the hall erupt at the same time as Corbyn continues to equivocate and deflect on the rape, kidnap, and murder of women and children. Seeing the, it has the, really seeing struck the wall me. erupt, like I. The, the wall, sorry, the room the erupt. Wall. Like I. Yeah. Like, like I fucking say, Labour members are just like the, the remaining Labour members are the most servile fucking risible people around. I'm sorry, but hey, I agree with Keir Starmer actually. Fucking hey, Corbyn continues to equivocate and deflect on the rape, kidnap and murder of women and children. Fuck There's yeah. no actual way, even if you interpret in the comments he has actually made in the worst possible way, there's just no way that adds up. Like, that's... No. He has grounds to sue there. Yeah, he has explicitly condemned all those things. Like, people don't yeah. fucking focus on that. But he has said it's that not he only disagrees. That, but he, he has ha- spent about 50 years of his life campaigning against unnecessary civilian death. Oh, 100%. It's a- on many occasions, when Rachel Cunliffe and all her mates in the lobby WhatsApp group have said, no, actually, these civilian deaths are good. No You're not question. Being realistic by condemning them, or you shouldn't care about these civilian deaths because they're in a different continent. It is a grotesque mischaracterization of his politics, but he has said specifically, both in a statement that he posted earlier today and in the interview when the fucking people are wanging on at him, that he does fucking disagree with Hamas murdering innocent civilians. But what happens is he fucking rejected the premise of the question of people demanding, will you condemn? Will you condemn? Will you condemn? If you fucking answer that question, if you condemn as their fucking performing monkey, you do a performative condemnation for the media rather than simply saying what you think, then that is dishonest and unprincipled. You have to do it on your own volition. The entire premise of the question is flawed and is one that somebody should refuse to answer, as I think a representative of the Palestinian state in some capacity did on the BBC the other day. Because it's like, do you condemn? Well, why don't you ask every Israeli representative when they come on the show? Why don't you ask every fucking British journalist who is defending and supporting this? Why don't they condemn the ongoing illegal occupation? Why don't they condemn all the fucking countless civilians that Israel has murdered? But it's always... Or even at a bare minimum, why is this not asked? Why is there not any discussion around it and whether we should? Yeah, like, why it. is Starmer what? not being... Just to acknowledge least, it happens is progress. It's not like an progress. equal amount of journalists are chasing Corbyn, demanding he condemn Hamas, and chasing Starmer, demanding that he condemn Israel. I mean, fucking now we're onto this. Rachel Reeves said that Gaza is not occupied. On the radio, she said there is the no fuck? occupation in Gaza. What? That's like me saying that Rachel Reeves is not Shadow Chancellor. It is fucking putting your fingers in your ears and tuning out the world. Yeah, the last 18 years of footage from Gaza has all been deepfakes, apparently. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking unreal. That's just despicable, isn't it? That's literally denying reality explicitly to defend or cover up systematic and very serious discrimination. It's broadly a prison camp. It is the world's largest outdoor prison. That is fucking what it is. 
you imagine yeah. if they, if they, if it, no, I'm not, I'm not actually going to go down that route of comparison. But, um, <laughs> no, like, can, can you imagine if whenever it came up that America had had POW camps for Japanese Americans in the World War, if whenever that came up after the war, American politicians and military just said, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. They weren't there. That Come is on. the fucking unreal thing. You made thing. that up. In the past, obviously, I find a kind of both sides centrist position on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict hopelessly inadequate. But in the past, at least fucking some efforts were made in public life to both sides the issue. You know, to at least you know, yeah. the, you see, you see the it wasn't a total the, whitewash. The insanity of every British media channel in the last three or four days. Some sort of wishy-washy. Oh, we just hope for peace. You know, unrealistic and almost denying the reality of the situation. But at least, you know, might be vaguely well-meaning. You, you take that back in a heartbeat. Just That's on the what basis that it's not, it. it's not praising or actively adding cover for what is the genocide to come. Or, yeah. or ongoing, really. I heard an interview with Starmer, a clip of an interview with Starmer, where he said that this offensive by Palestinian forces has set back the prospects of a peace settlement. I was just like, hang on, what fucking prospects of a peace settlement? Was it going to happen any day now if Palestinians had just kept calm and servile? Would, would a treaty be being signed right now for a mythic two-state solution? They were hours people, away, Jack, hours away. I've seen some people, some of them seemingly well-meaning, basically saying right, Palestine should give back the hostages now um, what? And, then, uh, and then they'll get peace <laughs> <laughs> pa- so, Palestine, yeah, how, Palestine how, should how give back the hostages so that Israel don't fucking kill their own people who are being held hostage when they indiscriminately shell Palestinian bases well, yeah the, the one woman who was widely reported to have been killed that was like on the back of a truck is actually alive in a Carson <laughs> hospital. So, obviously, hundreds and hundreds of international news outlets have just reported lies about that until that's been corrected this evening. But, obviously, there will be further developments, hopefully not bad ones, by the time this is released. But if you're fucking blanket bombing that whole area and cutting off the power to all the hospitals as well and bragging about it and saying it's necessary and we're going to bomb it until it's bouncing rubble and all this. And calling them human animals. You are going to kill yeah. some of your own people that are hostages at the yeah. moment. The same it, people you are using them being killed when they haven't, yeah. in this particular specific example, as justification for the bombing that might kill them. I mean, it is fucking crazy that they're uh, cutting off food, water and electricity because you've got to remember... Israel control the flow of all that stuff into Gaza, which has been under blockade since 2007. I mean, if you take the Israeli line on face value, and doing so obviously requires pretty much memory holding literally everything that's happened up until a few days ago. Even if you're willing to do that, the line is basically... Palestinians have got across the border and indiscriminately killed loads of our people. That's very bad. Unprovoked. So we're going to indiscriminately kill far more of your people. 
But why don't the media <laughs> see both sides to this? That's fucking baffling. Why can't they just say, oh, killing civilians is bad? Instead, it's like unequivocal support for Israel. You know, I'm fucking glad, actually, that the Labour Party have said, every prominent MP from the Labour Party has said, we stand in unequivocal solidarity in Israel. Good. I'm glad that we can openly state where we stand on this. But fucking, just why don't the media see that fucking... So, like, about 500 people have been killed so far. I think probably more, because that was yesterday. And apparently, according to Loki, the rapper uh, on Twitter... The, the numbers are a fair bit higher on both sides now, I think. 260. Yeah. 900 on each side. Okay, there you go. Like, 260 of the people killed in Palestine are children. So if you're fucking oh, yeah, yeah. grieving Israeli children, how fucking hard is it to, like, extend the same sympathy to Palestinian people. Right. It's not difficult to hold the general principle that killing young children is a terrible thing. It's not, but you can't even have a so-called nuanced position on it. You know what Rachel Reeves said, again, going back to her, she said, the cause of this is a terrorist attack. What? Like, that's not the cause, that's the incident. That's the inciting incident yeah. this time. Did it just happen in a fucking vacuum? This is totally mindless, thoughtless uh, fucking stuff. They're almost treating it like it's one of these mad disputes between neighbours you read about in the British press where it's like, oh yeah, this person came home drunk and knocked over one of my pot plants <laughs> returning to his house next door, so I systematically dumped my dog's shit in his garden for 14 years. You know, <laughs> one of these things where it just escalates into pure hatred between middle-aged British people because they got nothing else going on in their life but they're essentially treating countries' existences like this like everything was fine and then something bad happened out of the blue well the Labour leadership do like to kind of personalise this conflict a lot don't they I mean for a start Keir Starmer over the last few days he revealed that he doesn't think that trans women should be able to call themselves her but he does think that fucking nation states should be able to. So he repeatedly called Israel her in every fucking speech he does, which people looked into it, and he doesn't do that with any other fucking country. No, no. <laughs> it's mad. It's just pathetic. Fuck, he wants to fuck Israel. Just lean into that protect our women from the evil barbarous hordes kind of imagery. Oh, there's been a load of that, hasn't there? That's been, you know, Corbyn supports the murder and rape of children and women. It's, it is just like... Uh, support Muslimic rape gangs. It's that fucking rebranded for liberals. Yeah. The Muslimic ray guns guy would have his own <laughs> show on the TV news. If he did that today. Cor- like, Corbyn's, Corbyn's he'd Muslimic. Be like a, a victim of cancel culture if people mocked him on Twitter for it today. Corbyn's Muslimic ray gun is what he used to get Raphael Bear. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's majorly fucked up. Yeah, yeah, what, you got any more thoughts on this? Oh, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't really know what there is to add. It's a bad situation that just seems to be getting worse and escalating. Isn't Hezbollah involved now? Oh, are they? Well, actually, yeah, I think Israel has bombed areas of Lebanon, allegedly, yeah, with yeah. white phosphorus. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Starting a classic two-front war. Oh, I don't know, man. I spent a good chunk of yesterday just crying. It's deeply it's a, upsetting it's a bleak it's, uh, situation it's horrible I've, I've been avoiding any actual live news because yeah you know there's going to be something bleak on within the next 15 minutes at any point that's new basically there is no way out of this that doesn't involve large numbers of deaths really yeah um, when i first heard of the hamas attack i actually kind of 
Yeah, I purposely avoided really reading too much detailed information because I was like, I can probably guess the gist of roughly what's happening. And then Jack, we were messaging the other day, and that was when I started looking into it more. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah. This is even worse than I thought. The whole, like, will you condemn Hamas framing is so unhelpful. There's this British journalist who is, I think he's a presenter on LBC, and also, like, the editor of LBC Politics. And he's just been posting, like, wall-to-wall hawkish pro-Israel shit. This guy called Ben Kentish. And he did one tweet which was, like, Jews are being murdered just for being Jews. And that's just, like, objectively not what's happening. That's not what's happening. They're getting murdered because they're citizens of a particular country in a conflict between two nations. They're getting killed because they're Israeli. So it is just a, a conflation of Jewish people in Israel. And I, and I think it's a really yeah. important distinction. And I think it's because the Israel apologists, they really want to make out that there's just this moral deficiency in the Palestinian collective soul, that they just have this deep hatred of Jewish people in their hearts, and they would be at war with them in some capacity, regardless of the present circumstances in Palestine. Well, you know, it's the classic thing that all the former enslavers did after the Civil War. It was like, we can't give the blacks any uh, rights, any political freedoms, because they'll do to us what we spent centuries doing to them. Yeah. Like, that's the line you really want to go down, guys? Just like, assume... We got to preemptively genocide them just so that they maybe don't genocide us, possibly? They just assume, yeah, that Palestinian people hate them in the way that they hate Palestinian people, I think. Yeah. Well, it's it's a very useful, it's what Netanyahu wants. He's built up Hamas, he mm. has linked Judaism and Zionism in this way in the minds of so many people, and it's a very deliberate choice to make it into us versus them and force us left-wing Jews to be labeled as, you know, just self-hating and all that. Well, yeah, as you say, people want to condemn Hamas, but where is the alternative political leadership for Palestine? Yeah. The West Bank is like a sample of what a two-state solution would look like. <laughs> like fucking apartheid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's not like any of the people kicking off that you would say are broadly anti-Palestine would turn around and be like, no, I, I much prefer the Palestine Liberation Organization. I want them to get back in. You yeah, know? they called them terrorists back in the day as well. And, yeah, and, and over the yeah. last 20 years or so, Israel have basically successively assassinated like every relatively <laughs> yeah. secular Palestinian leader and basically created a political vacuum for Hamas to occupy. In fact, in Netanyahu and his yeah. people's top meetings, you know, it's on record that he said, we want Hamas to yeah. be in control and furthermore that's why they're not fucking allowed free and fair elections and haven't since what 2006 yeah, yeah. if you don't want peace with the palestinian people you don't want any sort of mm -hmm. negotiations meaningful ones then you would do quite a lot to keep the status quo going in a way it kind of reminds me of the way that hillary tried to get the media to focus on donald trump thinking he was an enemy she could defeat yeah netanyahu's kind of done that with hamas like they're the ones we can handle and yeah. uh may maybe maybe they're not yeah <laughs> yeah in this particular concert context they're, they're 
Probably the worst people also, like, who the fuck? Like, not, not, not to justify like civilian deaths, but <laughs> let's like, cook. <laughs> <laughs> no, who I the fuck in Israel thought it was a great idea <laughs> to hold a giant music festival right next to a fucking prison camp? <laughs> Just the it's, most anti-Semitic person a, in Israel. So <laughs> you're that's bad, actually. Yeah. Uh, again, one that was widely and bizarrely reported as a peace festival. Yeah, who was who was playing at the peace festival? Was it just all the British spectator dads, just like Nick Cave, Radiohead? <laughs> but the other thing is, it's not just in Palestine itself and within the Israeli political context that political representation for Palestinians has been basically prohibited. I mean, around the globe, avenues of political representation for the Palestinian struggle have been closed off, and they have been increasingly isolated and delegitimized, which, I'm sorry to keep going back to it, but the Corbyn thing is probably the most flagrant major example of it. The way that he, for his solidarity of Palestinians, was portrayed as an anti-Semite has had disastrous consequences for free expression of solidarity with Palestinians in this country. It has been hugely instructive and emboldening to not just Israel and supporters of Israel in other countries around the world, but to right-wingers and reactionaries everywhere to see how they can defend their racist reactionary projects using the language of social justice and that kind of framing. Yeah. If people talk about what would a non-Islamist moderate Palestinian representative look like, uh, well, they'd probably be something similar politically to Jeremy Corbyn, I think. You know, like the Middle Eastern variety. Really, really, do you think that any Palestinian has got a less controversial record on Palestine than fucking Jeremy Corbyn has? And if you think that this guy is not allowed to express his views on Palestine in our conflict, then that basically says that to any of the people who he and very few other MPs have over the decades provided with a voice are not allowed to express that view either in this country. And it sends a message around the globe that is, you know, frankly terrifying for the implications of people's ability to speak out against what is one of the gravest humanitarian issues of our time. Here, here. Mm-hmm. So I went on a bit there, but no, it was good. Trying yeah. to get it all, trying to get it all fucking out there. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, man, it is mad. Speaking of free speech, and I, I didn't know this, but oh, did we? Oh, what's Grant sent there? No, it's Grant sent a pi- <laughs> Tim Heidecker and the Electric Sun Music <laughs> oh, Festival. <laughs> yes, let. Oh, I can't wait for Adult Swim to, this to is air the, the trial worst of thing that's ever happened at an EDM festival. <laughs> <laughs> Adult Swim air the trial of Benjamin Netanyahu, <laughs> the guy who caused uh, the guy who who the leading liberal Israeli newspaper Haaretz say is solely in fact they, they used i think the phrase solely responsible for the events that have transpired over recent days solely you know, that's a position that would get you cancelled in the uk well, oh yeah yeah literally yeah. usually clearly uh <laughs> liberal israeli paper haaretz are anti-semites 
<laughs> no, it's what well, I mean. I'm not particularly sympathetic to liberal Zionism, but even liberal Zionism is now taboo in Britain. You basically have to say full, yeah. unequivocal support for yeah. Israel. Don't talk about any Palestinians getting killed. We just won't talk about it. Issue Absolutely fucking verboten to see them as people, as ritualistic to barbarians, as we've heard earlier. Yeah, human animals. What a mad phrase. Can we return to that? Human animals. Disgusting, yeah. Gross, Fucking wild. I mean, yeah, yeah, you, it's a little bit closer to home for you. I mean, actually, geographically, you're actually even further away. But, like, <laughs> uh, you, you know, you've got family out there in Israel who I, I know yeah. you vehemently disagree with politically. <laughs> but just to get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, there's a large chunk of my dad's family that live in, not just in Israel, but literally they squat on stolen land in the West Bank. Um, so... Yeah, great stuff. I don't communicate too much with them, so I don't know too many details. I haven't asked how any of them are doing. <laughs> I know some of them are around the age that they could be in national service with the IDF right now. Christ. I'm just out of any sympathy I ever had for them. I don't really... Uh, I won't say too much, but I'm just... Uh, it, 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 it hurts me. It hurts me to know that there's people out there who are so closely related to me, grandparents and aunts and uncles and stuff and cousins who are actively participating in settler colonialism in a gung-ho manner. I don't know. It's, it's a bit different. Like, obviously, I hate all the stuff America does. I hate that my taxes go to fund some really evil shit. But that's so abstract. I can disconnect myself from it a lot more easily uh, than with this Israel stuff. Are these where... American members of your family in Israel, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're American Israeli. So they they'd have be doing the complete the... <laughs> freedom to leave anytime they want. They'd be doing the, the bad American shit anyway, but they've chosen to go and do the bad Israel shit. Yeah, they wanted to get more hands-on, do some actual proper boots-on-the-ground stuff, right? Fuck, man. Well, I know you're not the only left-wing pro-Palestine Jewish person who's feeling that way. People say yeah. it. It's so difficult because, yeah, almost every Jewish person does at least know some people in Israel, whether it's family or distant friends and stuff. It is hard to disentangle the whole Zionist project from the current Jewish identity. And like I said already, that's a very intentional thing on the part of the reactionaries. Mm. No, exactly. It's so fucking sickening the way that the two things are inseparable. Yeah. It's why my daughter could probably claim Israeli citizenship, but a Palestinian who leaves is never allowed to go back. Yeah. It's absurd. Fuck, yeah, when you put it like that, that's just completely <laughs> unreal. Uh, is there anything more on the Israel stuff? Because, I mean, in a minute, we can just start talking about cunts in Britain who have said bad shit about Israel, which, which is, you know, a less substantive approach to come at the issue from but you know if there's any more kind of like actual points to make then maybe we could so it's kind of tangential but that article i sent you jack was pretty funny about the israeli minister of crime and punishment saying that is that uh, actually what jews spitting uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> of crime and punishment <laughs> I, I don't know, actually. Oh, okay. let, me, let me... I need to double-check. Uh, uh, the the, the, the Minister for Crimes and Misdemeanors, named in tribute to one of America's greatest Jewish heroes. Ben Gavir. <laughs> what is Ben Gavir's title? I don't know. I know he's a big old cunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a proper fascist. Isn't he? But he literally said, yeah, Israelis spitting on Christians is an old Jewish tradition. 
and that like (laughs) spitting on christian minorities is not a crime as an evangelical american i want to give that guy all my money and i think my comment to you is that that sounds like something that the nazis would say about jews as a way to vilify them and here is this fucking israeli minister just saying it as a justification for (laughs) abusing religious minorities in his country we spit on christians so it's fine to And there was a little video as well on that page. It was so gross, man. They weren't doing anything. They were just carrying a cross down the street and a bunch of Orthodox Jews just walking by and each one of them in turn just spitting on the ground in front of them. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) I didn't even know that shit goes on. The Minister of Crime and Policing. Oh, okay. Yeah, less uh, literary. (laughs) That's all I had to say. Yeah. No, no, you're totally right. Uh, oh, yeah, most of my points that I sent you were in voice messages, so I can't be bothered to uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna go, go through and listen to them. Man, Paul Mason has been an even bigger cunt than usual the last few days. It's unbelievable. He's completely gone, isn't he? He's completely but, gone. He's, he, he still thinks all this shit is going to get him a safe seat one day. Yeah, yeah, and he still thinks he's a socialist. He's all just like, all socialists everywhere should stand unequivocally with Israel. I'm like, and you say that fucking people who are still Corbinites are fucking utopians. Just, like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, let's get all socialists standing with Israel. That's a propaganda task we can accomplish. I mean, to be fair, it wasn't of socialists specifically, but there was that poll that showed Palestinian support has gone down like 11 points in Britain to like the teens and support for Israel has risen to a whopping 21% in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Enormous yeah. propaganda victory for wow. Israel there. The bleak side of that though is that the support for Palestine has plummeted. Yeah, exactly. And Israel don't yeah. need to be popular with actual people. As long as they're popular with bases of power, then they're all good. If they're popular enough that 99% or more of journalists are giving their lines out as facts. They are so much like Keir Starmer's Labour, actually, (laughs) you know? You know, Israel doesn't need a load of grassroots support around the world, same as Starmer doesn't need a member-led party. They just need the people that matter on side. Yeah. But fucking Paul Mason, what a disgraceful fucking cunt. Like, fucking how dare he try and tell socialists real fucking socialists like Corbyn and Varoufakis, what they should be fucking saying about the foreign policy views, that he is in an island. An island. If he still considers himself a radical leftist, he is in a fucking island being a pro-Israel hawk. I I don't even think Paul Mason can claim to be meaningfully anti-capitalist, meaningfully post-capitalist, to use his turn of phrase, which, you know, is almost a harbinger of, you know, the fact that he's not actually an anti-capitalist. You can't really be that while you're celebrating the corporate capture of politics, of our democratic process. Jeremy Corbyn said that thing about the Labour leadership rolling out the red carpet for climate vandals arms firms and private healthcare well okay we know that the arms firms thing there was what upset Paul but nonetheless they are fucking doing that they are fucking doing those things Paul Mason presumably if there's a fucking centimeter of socialist left in his fucking desiccated little heart then surely he doesn't think Amazon are fucking good and he says the exhibition hall is literally full of renewables firms firms there you go that's it it's because they're fucking trying to make money off it 
That's why they're fucking there. Mm -hmm. It's not because they're making the world a better fucking place. You know who makes fucking renewables and shit? Fucking Elon Musk. He made a fucking... Let's invite him to fucking Labour Conference. Fucking cunt. Don't give him ideas. Yeah, <laughs> the keynote speaker <laughs> next year. Jeremy should either launch his new party, Paul says, which you can tell Paul is sincerely interested in, which will attract every left anti-Semite and Kremlin sympathiser in Britain, or get behind the rest of us trying to put Labour into power. So it's like, hey, you fucking anti-Semitic, fucking pro-Putin cunt. Why don't you... Support us. <laughs> and then Lee Harpin replied to that tweet. The greatest journalist in Britain. Replied to that tweet saying, Would like you to stand against him in Islington North. Huge hit from Crackpipe. You would defeat him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck to be fair, man. I would love that to happen. Just for the morale boost it would give left Twitter. <laughs> You'd be very funny. across the country to destroy him as a man. Ben Kentish again, going back to him. I'm just like rounding up shit that I've noticed on Twitter. Ben Kentish was going off about, because he's just, you know, an impar- a broadcast journalist who imbibes by all the impartial rules, and he definitely doesn't really, really, really like Keir Starmer and want to give him a big wet kiss, and also do the same to the country of Israel, which isn't gay, by the way, because the country of Israel is a woman, as we know. Uh, in the US... Uh, sorry, no, that's my tweet. I'll, I'll just read my own tweet in a fucking sneering, sarcastic voice. What a stupid cunt that guy is. No, Ben Kentis says, The idea of someone running on stage unchallenged to pour something on the head of a senior US politician in the US is unthinkable. It should be here too. Now, I think that's because what they would do if you ran towards a US politician to uh, try and throw glitter on them is shoot you with a gun. Of course, no one in American politics has ever appeared in a public place and faced terrible consequences from a member <laughs> of the public. Okay, what does he want? What what the fuck does he want there? Uh, he wants anti-Storm protesters to be shot, obviously. That's what, yeah. Uh, what else we got? <laughs> oh, you know, one of my favourite Twitter accounts, by which I mean one of the most risible fucking fascist cunts in existence. You know, uh... J.W. the Spa. It's like some middle-aged dad who lives in the Midlands for the last 20 years, apparently. Uh, He's basically like, what if Eager Elephant wasn't funny? Yeah, he's just a really boring middle-aged man who really, really, really strongly supports Israeli apartheid. But he has this effect of like, I'm just an ordinary Labour bloke. The party's always been about people like me. I'm glad I've got my party back. And he has, like, redistribution solidarity fist emoji in his bio. And it's like, (laughs) this guy has never seen a politician who supports redistribution that he didn't instantly smear as an anti-Semite without listening to even what the fuck they've got to say. Just an apartheid-loving goon, this guy. Um, And here's what he says about Paul Mason. Excellent thread. Mason's previous vocal support for Corbynism always looked opportunistic. He was far too smart to actually believe in it. That mistake... <laughs> How much does this cunt hate his kids, you reckon? That mistake means he's not the serious player that he could be. Yeah, that is kind of true, like, because Paul Mason did not play by the cardinal rule of British politics, which is treat Jeremy Corbyn as a fucking joke because he didn't do that for like two years (laughs) he will never be respected by a large swathe of like serious 
British politics. But JW Vespa says that's a shame that he will always be a you know a fucking laughing stock, fucking circus entertainer because his insights are often brackets not always compelling. <laughs> not always. Even JW Vespa is holding back in his praise of Mason here. But it's because Mason did one of his long, boring threads like, Listen up here! Here's what my art history degree taught me about living in a multipolar world. I've played Dungeons and Dragons and the Japanese equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> I literally went to a Japanese dungeon. I saw it firsthand. <laughs> but, uh, Stoya didn't meet me there, though, <laughs> But he has really ramped up the grotesque personal attacks on Jeremy Corbyn in the last yeah. few days, I've noticed, because obviously he doesn't want Corbyn becoming the story and overshadowing his boy Kira at conference. But he's just posted some really fucking nasty stuff. He said that Varoufakis should be kicked out of a progressive international. Funny that the progressive international is actually more left-wing than the socialist international, which is just some, like, <laughs> fucking desiccated husk of a Cold Warrior organisation that, like, people like Mike Gapes are members of. <laughs> you wonder what he was doing in Athens in the first place. Who paid for his flight? Stoyer. Was that the joke you were making? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the joke I was making was MI6 paid for his fight. <laughs> okay, yeah. It did transpire later that Stoyle did actually go to Athens oh. not long after he asked her to, but Dun -dun -dun. just like studiously avoided Paul Mason. <laughs> oh, you know who's a right bastard? Jake Wallace Simmons. So the editor, oh God, the yeah. editor of the Jewish Chronicle. He said in a now deleted tweet. We need to face reality. Much of Muslim culture is in the grip of a death cult that sacralizes bloodshed. Not all, but many Muslims are brainwashed by it. That is a big part of the problem. So not all, but many Muslims is the... And some of them are good people to the rest of his tweets. They bring drugs, they bring crime, they're rapists. Shocking thing to say, but like fucking hell, like, yeah. the editor of a national newspaper. Much of Muslim culture is in the grip of a death cult that sacralizes bloodshed. Like fucking Tommy Robinson. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is like. This is the extent to which Islamophobia is the big uniting project of much of the British media class, and particularly the strange coalition that bought the Jewish Chronicle. I mean. Oh, yeah. John Ware has boasted about it in the past. Um, <laughs> no, that was a fully impartial BBC documentary. What are you talking about? No, no, I mean, years before that, he'd literally boasted about him and his mates who were like Nick Cohen, Melanie Phillips, and Martin Bright, the fucking tosser that defended Nick Cohen. Yeah. He was just talking about, I can't remember what phrase he used, I don't think it was actually the four horsemen of Islamophobia, but it was something along those <laughs> lines. Just having a laugh about, like... Oh yeah, the Muslim Council hate us. You've all got columns or regular documentaries that you just use to stir up hatred against people. You know, that's why these people are getting involved with buying a newspaper. It's not a commitment to community news or to a journalistic search for truth or anything like that. It's a propaganda outlet. They liked what the Jewish Chronicle were doing under deranged hard-right Daily Express alumni Stephen Pollard, but wanted slightly better facts check in but 
slightly better fact check. It doesn't slightly, seem to have translated. Slightly less, slightly, slightly less open outright libel. But an uh, even like more I mean, hardline political stance. Yeah, yeah, politically, the same but more so, which was already pretty bad. Fuck, thought of another Palestine thing. So, it's been really clarifying, again, like like I say, to see everybody in the post-Corbyn Labour Party, everyone who wants to get ahead, pledging full and unequivocal support with Israel. It has also been very clarifying to see Luciana Berger going around TV studios, putting forward oh, right-wing pro-Israel lines. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, she is claiming, uh, yeah, this is a pure like right-wing pro-Israel thing, which is demanding that the BBC refer to Hamas combatants, not as combatants, but as terrorists, further delegitimizing them as political actors. This is like the culture war side of uh, pro-Israel stuff. This is like what their current obsession is. It's like the pro-Israel equivalent of the right being mad at Dylan Mulvaney one week or something. That's what they're doing at the moment. They'll pick it outside Ken Livingston's care home tomorrow or something. They'll move on. (laughs) They probably won't move on. I think they'll probably keep going until the BBC absolutely and unequivocally cave into their demands, to be fair. But, you know, Luciana Berger was on there. She slams the BBC for its refusal to... To call her mass yeah, terrorist sorry. and she says there's a responsibility on all the media these people are terrorists hamas is a terrorist organization dot 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 language matters so so far so fucking generic but then this is the bit that really provides the rub when you treat countries differently you exacerbate the problem so there you go hamas and palestine are getting preferential treatment in the British media, according to Luciana Berger. But, no, she's not She's not right-wing. She's not an apologist for apartheid Israel. She's just an ordinary Labour person who was morally appalled at Jeremy Corbyn. That's all she is. It, it wasn't a political objection to Jeremy Corbyn. It was beyond politics. It was more... I mean, fucking A. Like, mask off, right? Like you said. Immensely clarifying. And, I, you know, I think, basically, if you spoke out against Corbyn on anti-Semitism and you are now coming out and pledging unequivocal support for Israel, whatever you said in condemnation of Jeremy Corbyn, it is fucking worthless now. It is cancelled out. It is scrubbed from the fucking historical record for any reasonable person. It means, like the fucking Labour Party in government, it means zilch. It means fucking zilch. If you're out there defending this fucking rogue apartheid state massacring civilians who it has relentlessly provoked by treating as second-class citizens who are not equal under law with their own people, what you think anti-Semitism is. That idea is completely incompatible with any kind of left-wing, pro-human rights, socialist, humanitarian strain of thought. We cannot find a compromise with people who have that perspective of the world. It is so different to basically our perception of corporeal reality. Exactly, yeah. But anyway, ITV were so fucking pleased with themselves for chasing Corbyn down the street yelling at him about Hamas that they decided to do the same to Richard Bergen. They did a kind of meta thing where they chased Richard Bergen down the street yelling at him about whether he condemned Jeremy Corbyn for not condemning Hamas. (laughs) (laughs) Just a fucking human centipede of journalism. Fucking cunts, man. Yeah, total. What can you say? 
Just absolutely bankrupt. I think this might have been before Freddie Haywood wrote that article. Maybe he adapted this New Statesman morning call piece for his Corbyn could not derail Labour conference article. Because this is called, Is Corbyn Labour's Truss? And it says, Inside, the former Labour leader can shout, but no one's listening. Hang on, <laughs> like, in that video, was it Corbyn shouting, or was it was it a lot of that widely aired fucking bit of news coverage the day before this article? Was that Corbyn shouting? I mean, true, they weren't fucking listening to him in that video, that's for sure. But it seemed like they were at least professing to be intimately interested in what he had to say. What a cunt. Uh, another Labour conference tidbit here. Uh, a Labour conference fringe event sponsored by the Tony Blair Institute for Global Change. Rachel Sylvester of The Times calls unions the forces of conservatism within the... En Rachel Sylvester of The Times calls unions the forces of conservatism within the NHS. Says we need a middle way between pouring money into the NHS and an insurance-based system. Christ. Oh, another thing. Beth Winter MP from a socialist campaign group. She tweeted, The tragic events in Palestine and Israel mean innocent civilians on both sides suffering. We need an immediate de-escalation of the conflict and a ceasefire. The international community must engage both sides in the process of finding a peaceful solution. So, a bit wishy-washy both sides for me, but, you know, doesn't sound pro-Hamas or anything. Anyway, under that it says, This post has been deleted. Because a load of people said, she can't even condemn terror. And, and oh, and here's the thing. Beth Winter deleted that. She has already been deselected. Yeah. She has yeah, been purged by the Starmer groups. <laughs> That's the climate of fucking fear that these so-called liberal monsters have created in this country. I mean, fucking hell. God knows it's nothing compared to the fucking fear that Palestinians live under every day. Not just the last few days, but every fucking day. And when they try non-violent tactics of resistance, they have good cause to be scared as well because they frequently get shot, fucking gassed, blown up in the course of that. Yeah. Oh my god. Do you see that my boys in U2 changed the lyrics? No, of... Jack. I didn't see that at all. Pride. I don't keep up on the latest U2 news because they haven't done anything that's in any way interesting since... No, you're going to like this. Now, this is interesting. They ch really? Bono changed the lyrics of Pride in the Name of Love to Honour Israel. <laughs> Which, just to remind you, is a song about Martin Luther King. In the Name of Hate. <laughs> <laughs> Still, like, there's this clip of him just like, Nobody should have to live with death and violence at a music festival. A music... It's like Neil Kinnock. A Labour Council speech! <laughs> yeah, it was dumb and stupid. And <laughs> I can't believe that Bono would do something dumb and stupid and crass in the name of a sort of incredible... In the name! <laughs> it was such a nuanced song to start with. <laughs> Dude, it's a fucking banger. Like, don't fuck... Oh, that's, it's fine. It's, it's a just, fucking it's great song. It's just at the same time. It's a banger. But... Yeah, I don't know about the new pro Israel. <laughs> Did you just like throw your mic down in disgust at me defending you? No, I accidentally knocked it over. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! How dare you! It was outrage. <laughs>
outrageous. <laughs> you were implying that Pride in the Name of Love was an 8 out of 10 song instead of a 6 out of 10. I think 8 is stingy. Really? Yeah, it's like, a fucking great song, man. I mean, the whole oh, it's about MLK and it's all that. It's a top but tune. Like, you, you couldn't tell if they didn't say that in interviews all the time and put footage of them in the video. That's why you got big screens, you know, to, to let everyone know what the subtext of your songs are about. <laughs> it's like in Live Forever when, when Oasis yeah. play it and they beam John I, Lennon on the screen and Liam's like bowing to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd never have picked up that subtext otherwise. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Mike. Yeah. Well, that song is not Liam literally about John Lennon, although Pride is literally about Martin Luther King. I mean, it's yeah. like, shots ring out in the Memphis sky. But it was surprising to learn that Bono, uh, about a year ago, was really, I mean, to probably to this day pretty much, is really, really vocal about one particular people getting to defend themselves against mm. an occupying oppressor. <laughs> uh, big Ukraine guy, our Bono. Mm-hmm. But Palestinians, no, it's not so sympathetic. Funny that. Because I guess, I guess you know, he's such a fucking lib, man. He will have seen the best side of Israel. You know what I mean? He will have yeah. been... Yeah, he'll have gone they'll out have gone there. gone there for gigs a couple of times, and they'll have been treated like kings. Well, actually, what's actually weird is, I think you two haven't played Israel in, like, years. Oh, really? Since, like, 97. I don't know if it's because they're scared of getting fucking killed by Hamas, but they're like, oh, no, gigs in Israel. Let's just avoid that situation altogether. It's obviously paying dividends now. They were like, hmm, do we do our residency in Tel Aviv or Las Vegas? Hmm... Let's go with <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> but it's weird. Like, I don't know why you two haven't played Israel in like 25 years. Because I, I they're think the, the funniest, not the funniest BDS outcome guys. would be if they were the only incredibly famous musical act in the world. That Israel were like, no, nah, not a big fan. We don't want him here. You can come and support Nick Cave if you want, <laughs> but you know, we'll pay you accordingly. Yeah, Bono's way too much of a lib for Israeli politics. All that human rights bullshit he talks about. <laughs> <laughs> oh man they're the only people that believe this bullshit basically <laughs> and on that basis you're barred <laughs> oh god I've got breaking news so Labour uh, <sighs> on one of their mailing lists sending out a new t-shirt they're selling is it our uh, Mike Gates so t-shirt do, do we need to take them to court no it's, it's not as good as that they're not threatening our, our genius yet the email reads name shine bright like Starmer <laughs> Kia's conference speech received a glittering reception today, so Team Labour is launching exclusive limited edition merchandise. Unleash your inner shimmer and shine with our brand new, exclusive, Sparkle with Starmer t-shirt. Oh, fuck off. And it's, just, it's a plain white t-shirt with red text that says Sparkle with Starmer, and it looks like that might have glitter on, but it's hard to tell because they've kind of like added a sparkling effect in Photoshop to the photo. <laughs> yeah. Risible. Risible fucking stuff. Uh, who's like, oh, yes, I, I like Starmer so much and I'm so inspired by his conference speech that I want to sparkle with him. Fucking pathetic little motherfuckers. It's not a cult. Yeah, not a cult. Cool. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but we got enough politics. I've got to go commit a racially aggravated Section Five public order offense by standing in front of the Palestinian flag. <laughs> History's greatest monster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello. Hello again. Get the MPC Skype recorder on. 
That's a fucking order. It's on. I just wanted to say, from a real politic team to all the liars, the haters, the phonies, the frauds, the apartheid apologists, the privatization profiteers, the scum, the cunts, the dogs, fuck you. No, wait. <laughs> fuck <What>? Israel. <laughs> fuck Keir Starmer. Fuck Israel. And fuck you. And that's the message that I wanted to end the episode on. Why did I need to? Why did I need to saying something? Why did I need to be Skype recording that? <laughs> You're fucking recording it. Oh no, because I'm exporting my recording oh, already, so I it. couldn't actually record it in good quality. <laughs> uh. Okay, <laughs> all right, I, I'm actually going to ring off now. <laughs> It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.